Whether you're dealing with does in heat and bucks in rut, the winter blues, the marathon of kidding season in the spring, or show season in the summer, Nate Funk and John Kane of Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, are with you every step of the way, bringing you interviews from various breeders, judges, and others from all over the country. We're always covering the latest ad good news and covering topics to help make us all better dairy goat breeders. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and best friend, Nate Funk. Nate, how's it going, man? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. It's uh, been a crazy past few days, weather-wise. Um, right now, we had a beautiful sunset. Um, some really, I want to call them dramatic clouds. Nothing really scary, just, you know, the way the sun hit them. Uh, but you know, finally it's dark here. Yeah, Bob so Ross it's been here. pretty good and we're supposed to have a gorgeous weekend. Um, you know, people, you know, talking weather, it's what I guess some of us who work outside, that's what we think about. Um, so yeah, I, uh, have been preparing myself for my busy season, which kicks off this weekend, Saturday. Uh, spoiler alert, folks, we record on Thursdays. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. Uh, and and do you mean be... kick off with a, a pun there? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it is kickoff for our football team uh, to start their season at home. Uh, they started last week. Um, but yeah, we're getting ready for 1130 kickoff times, which is fun. So I'll be rolling into work at four thirty, five o'clock. It'll be a good old time. Oh yeah. <laughs> you betcha. So a sure uh, thing there, hon. Yeah. How are things going <laughs> on the farm for you? Uh fine. Um you know, everybody's uh it was Jem's turn to be in heat this week, so I got to uh hear her inner Nubian for a day and a half and as she cried out for the boys and uh kids are getting over their fair ick not as snotty as they were um yeah just kind of you know hanging out waiting for october to start breeding some goats i know there's a bunch of people out there that have started but we aim for march kids i've always said it on the podcast it just works with my schedule and tyranny's schedule so uh, march kids it is well, we, we normally aim for February kids, February to March. But the crazy thing here for us is the girls are like, they've taken a uh, vow of celibacy or something because not a single tail flag. We even took, we had some old uh, towels, hand towels, and we got about a half dozen of them. We went into the buck pen and we just loved on the boys and though they loved it they leaned into us and and just to get them nice and stinky and we put them in the dough pen we tied them up nice and tight and the does came over and they sniffed them and they nibbled on them and they rubbed on them and we're like yes not a tail has moved not an interest has been shown it's been maybe a week or two since we did that. Uh, well, so ye old you, buck rag is not working for us. Uh, do you so, um, do you want to borrow my Nigerian that's still here? Unfortunately, um, waiting to be picked up someday. Uh, she seems to be cycling uh, short. Oh no the last couple cycles and she could really help kick your girls in. I mean, man, she kicked our whole herd into butt when uh, it came to going into heat. So maybe she's the trick. You want to borrow her for a couple days? No, 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 no. <clears throat> <clears throat> we have the, the boys way... <laughs> on one side of the barn, girls on the other, not too far from each other. Um, we've been right. letting uh, our one Buckley Acadio out and he kind of walks through the barn and Leocadio. You know, you know? Um, <laughs> he he, he kind of sniffs everybody and uh, gets his nose smacked by certain does. And, you know, don't you sniff that? 
and then he goes back in his bed. So, but well, you know, it's it's getting that time of year, the autumn romance. I was gonna say the uh, weather's dipping at night, so I'm sure the girls will be uh, kicking it into gear. I, I'm going to guess Sunday. <clears throat> you'll have Sunday. You'll have three does in heat. I'm calling it Sunday. You're predicting <coughs> Sunday, yep. the day before this airs. Yeah. So people who listen are listening to this. Um, you'll have to remind me and ask me whether anybody cycled on Sunday. Three of them, not just anybody. Three. Now I won't Maybe say who does. because because who knows? But I'm guessing three. I'm say you're gonna you're gonna really. Uh... Uh, no, no, no. It's that's that's. I'll say three. That's a good. That's a good lofty goal without having the. <laughs> you know, then there's gonna be like if I guess try to guess who it is, it'll be like. The twin of the one that I guessed, you know, or something like that. So yeah, uh, yeah. You know. be, oh, oh, I got the wrong vibe. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> that was so, supposed to be not that one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so yeah, we're we're wrapping up our vegetable harvesting, harvesting, and yeah, uh, back rooms full of apples and pears, and oh, uh, I'm I'm getting our boys uh, ready for collection in october so yeah. that'll be fun um yeah get the replamen and the minerals going and yep yeah well we always have the the loose minerals ready for them but yeah definitely gonna give them some replamen and and help them kick everything into gear so, oh yeah uh but yeah do you want to jump into this uh feedback question for the week yeah yeah what do we got what do we got well <laughs> this is <clears throat> i when we got it I wasn't sure if like we'd choose this one because it's just kind of it seems kind of self-promoting. Uh, but our uh, friend Avery asks us, and I feel like it's right to really you know keep it open with the community. If you ask a question, we'll as long as it's appropriate, we'll put it on the show here. So uh, Avery asks, uh, since you both are either brand new to goats or just got back into goats. Do you worry that you make older, and I put more seasoned, because older sounds weird, uh, more seasoned breeders mad with your podcast? Does it make you nervous? Um, I don't. I'll, I'll start, Nate, and then you can you know, take it. Yeah, <clears throat> go for it. Um, I don't necessarily think that I worry about making uh, more seasoned breeders mad uh, with the podcast. Uh, we're promoting dairy goats when it you know, really comes down to it. So I don't believe that we're making anybody mad. Um, I do believe that sometimes while we're recording, uh, we'll say things off the cuff, uh, just as we're thinking of it at the top of our heads. I mean, we don't have a script here for word for word, right? Uh, right. Sometimes I might think that uh, what I say uh, may come off as not intended, Um you know, someone might take it one way where I really meant it the other. A good example is we had somebody reach out. They listened to our uh, Proving Out Your Bucks episode. And in the beginning, I had mentioned some meat goat breeders uh, think that a buck breeding a doe is proving them out. Um, and, and, you know, somebody messaged us and said, hey, I like your podcast, but... Uh, just so you know, that's, you know, there's different levels of meat goat breeders. I'm like, yeah, totally, you're 100% correct. I uh, came off wrong in that instance. So um, I do sometimes worry that uh, what we say and the intent of how we say it uh, can get misconstrued or come off as not how we intended. Uh, so that that can make me feel nervous because they ask, does it make us nervous? Um I just uh, the goal of this podcast is to help educate others on dairy goats, to talk about dairy goats with uh, each other and other people and, and really just have fun uh, with this hobby and lifestyle that uh, we love. And yeah, I just think that I don't worry about how the quote unquote older brother breeders feel. I hope that we do dairy goats justice with this uh, podcast and that we make them proud. Um, and, you know, we've had quite a few seasoned breeders on that, on the podcast. And 
we've had nothing but nice comments, so I think that we're doing an okay job. Uh, Nate, what do you think? Well, so I'm I'm the one who kind of just got back into goats, but <clears throat> in a way, I never really left goats. I've always been involved in the goat community. I may not have owned dairy goats at my at the whole time. There, I, there was like a ten year time frame or 15 year time frame where I didn't actually own dairy goats myself, but I've always been involved, whether it was being a superintendent of a barn or judging or helping with at like a fair dairy right? goat committees at fairs. That's what I mean. Superintendent at a county fair mm-hmm. or, a, or assistant superintendent at state fair for 4-H or um, on a youth dairy goat committee or on a livestock committee. Um, I've, I've been involved in the goat community my whole life. So I, I, while yes, me getting back into showing, I may be new again. Um, I, I do have, still have a lot of the quote unquote old goat connections. And when we got back into goats, I often joke, you know, well, am I new now? And many of them said, no, yeah, you're an old goat still. Um, I may be new to many people because for years I was only on the local level. Um, so um, am I worried that they're going to be mad at me for the podcast? No. Will they disagree with everything I say sometimes? Maybe. Maybe not everything. Um, but uh you know, I don't really worry about them being mad at us for over the podcast. I'm hoping that, you know, if we say something that's out of line, as that one uh, listener did, they'll mm-hmm. call us out on it. You know, goodness, or, or well, that's a bunch what I of love our listeners this... periodically will correct us on things. Yeah, that's uh, what I love is that this is a community and we can come together and have discussions without. Uh, attacking one another right (laughs) so it's uh i love this community and i think honestly for myself i worry more about embarrassing myself with lack of knowledge of something uh than i do uh being worried about somebody being mad at me um i truly do hope that if somebody were to get upset that they would reach out and say hey uh just so you know (laughs) or something like that you know well there's this about it too is, you know, being not really nervous or embarrassed about lack of knowledge on something. I found that if we, quite frankly, if we screw up, people point out where we screwed up, at which point we have learned something. And right. if, if you learn something from a mistake, that's the, that's the most valuable thing. If you, yeah, it's gross. As long as you learn from it. Right. Um, we, we, again, we kind of do this as, as fun, you know, we, it was born out of, you know, born out of COVID. We're at home, bored, wishing we're at goat shows. Um, you know, we're remembering standing ringside and, and talking and, you know, about problems that we needed to solve and, and knowledge that each other had and, Mm -hmm. you know. And thought this would be a good idea. Um, don't yep. don't ever be nervous about the old goat folk. Many of them, if you walk up to them and you start talking to them, they'll be more than happy to talk to you about goats. Yeah, um, and they probably don't want to be referred to as old goat people. Uh, <laughs> I know a few, <laughs> right? The old uh, nannies and bucks. <laughs> you know, so. Well, I don't know if. Uh, Sue Hildall listens to us, but down in Florida, uh, she she used to have this character of sorts that was an old, old, crazy old goat lady. Uh, she'd bring out for costume class or the kids. So <laughs> Nice. Uh, well, thank you, Avery, for that feedback question. Uh, we appreciate all of the questions we get uh, every week. So if you have any questions, uh, yourself that you know whoever's listening if you have any questions that you'd like answered on the podcast 
uh, we, you can submit them and they might be read on the feedback uh, segment of the show. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about some ad good news. And uh, paper registrations. They say they're caught up to the third week in March. Thankfully, <laughs> it's only September. Um, however, uh, a lot are being sent back because, uh, you know, the payment wasn't specified on the paperwork or how it was going to be paid. Right. It's going to be taken out of account, whether it's going to be a check or credit card or whatnot. So some of those are being sent back to people now six months later. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully they can be remedied. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Postcard. Yeah. There's a postcard that's going to be sent out to all members uh, that don't have an email on file with ADCA. Uh, And basically it's going to check to see if uh, those members that don't have an email connected to their account, um, it's going to basically be a survey asking, do you want hard copies of quarterly news from ADGA or do you want to opt out or submit? Well, your I email? also imagine that this might be an opportunity for ADGA where maybe a member hasn't submitted an email address or hasn't thought to submit an email address mm-hmm. and they can get some of these addresses back and quite frankly, if they can send it out electronically. Versus having to do a paper copy plus the postage for the paper copy. I would imagine that over the size of the membership, that would save quite a bit every quarter. Right. Um, yep, I agree. So, I um, mean, and then uh, we've got the 2021 convention coming up in Tucson, Arizona soon. Yeah, um, but we, we sure the do. 2022 convention planning has started. Yes, it has, uh, which it's it's pretty much all planned out since it was supposed to occur in 2020. Uh, yeah, a so. lot of the plan- planning looked, sounded like it was a, well, they, they did a meeting at the New York State Fair. Mm-hmm. And they tried to put it on Zoom. That didn't really work. They tried doing a Facebook Live event. That didn't mm-hmm. really work, but I get what I saw. It was generally finding out if the people who are on certain committees still wanted to be on the committee. And right, yeah, uh, yeah. So with that planning and of that meeting, um, it seems that in person in person meetings are the only option if you want to help out at convention. Um, be sure to reach out to Peter Snyder. Uh, he's the president for the New York State Dairy Goat Breeders Association. Uh, reach out to Pete for information. Um, seems like meetings uh, are going to be taking place uh, usually in western New York, but I know they do travel to other random areas of New York State. Uh, so reach out to him, see if there's any meetings that you can make. Uh, I know uh, most of them are quite a trip for most people that aren't in western New York, um, but uh, if you well, want they do to get out to help. like uh, Boston Spa and yeah, yep, they yeah. should do. I, and I think there's one in well, it used to be in Elbridge, but I'm not sure. I don't uh, know. <laughs> uh, but if you want to help out at convention, uh, please reach out to Pete Snyder, and uh, hopefully you can do that. Also, speaking of convention, sign ups for Arizona convention this year. In Tucson, Arizona, which is going to be occurring on November 8th through the 14th. Uh, Two months. Can be found. Yeah, not very From phenomenal. this week. Exactly. Not, or not very week. long at all. Like, it's it's creeping up. Um, but, but that information can be found on ADGA. You can register there. And uh, it breaks down meals and uh, weekly costs or daily or three-day, all that good stuff. Uh, so if you're and, looking and if to you're go. if you're having trouble with, with sign-ups... Um... Yeah, I'd say contact your director, but also uh, contact uh, the host committee. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, so. I'm so sure they're I think that's busy. it for ADGA news. Sure is. Um, uh, maybe we're missing something, but it seemed like a pretty slow week from what I could find. Um, so let's move on to our 
topic, which is preventative measures to take uh, to ensure that uh, you can keep biosecurity as best you can at shows. Uh, so, so we'll that start out. Seem with... a little late since for most people uh, shows, at least in the Northeast, when northern climates, many of the shows are winding down. There's for still sure, a few more out there, but well, we also have quite a few newer uh, breeders that are looking to get into shows. So this can definitely yep. be a topic that helps them, and can also just kind of help those that are listening that have done shows. Maybe uh, give them a extra point of view maybe there's a tip here that uh they haven't thought of um so let's start out with what is biosecurity nate what is biosecurity yeah um oh goodness you're gonna put me right on the spot do you want me let me answer um well it's for most it's it's pretty simple it's just uh you know making sure that you have a certain level of protection or control or accountability um, for, you know, disease, at least in the, in the livestock show arena, you know, disease or infections mm-hmm. and whether it's, you know, minor things like upper respiratory uh, illnesses or sniffles that you go to may get from one to the other, you know, being housed next to each other to other more serious stuff, you know, um, you know, ringworm, sore mouth, CAE, you know, CL, CL, yonis, yonis, you know, oh, some of these other things. There's ways to not, you know, to mitigate or reduce the chance that you or your animals may get these things. I guess right. that's to me when I think of biosecurity, that's the sort of thing. Um, yep. Bios- biosecurity to me is just like you said, is um, measures taken to help ensure that your herd is not exposed uh, to positive animals as far as CAE, CL, Yonis, all that stuff that Nate just said. Um, these are measures taken to help prevent the these illnesses um so why would someone take measurement measures to increase the odds of biosecurity success um and remaining in good standing within your own herd Uh, and i'll answer this one um taking small measurements uh or measures to uh help mitigate any exposure um it's just an extra level of insurance right uh if you're doing nothing for at shows as far as trying to mitigate biosecurity issues uh you're probably going to have a better chance of picking something up if there's a chance to pick up where if you're taking uh, certain precautions uh that's just another defense against anything that uh, might be lurking out in that show ring or in the in the pens near you um so that's the best way I could put it. Do you yeah, agree? I think, I think, uh, you know, you're saying why would someone want to basically uh, practice biosecurity? And by the way, biosecurity, it doesn't have to be like Tyvek suits and masks and, and <laughs> rubber gloves yeah. and, and, you know, little pinching style forceps to handle everything. It can be, you know, Soap and water and, and, and wet wipes and hand sanitizer, as much as we have that around for COVID, which we've all been practicing biosecurity the past year. For ourselves, past. yeah. Exactly. Um, so much of the things we'd need to practice biosecurity, actually, many of us may have already for the whole COVID thing. Um, so, you know. But you want to reduce the chance that you're going to pick something up. You know, every if you think about it, with every show that you go to, the chance of your of you picking something up increases because in the first show, your animals may not come in contact with uh, Agent X or whatever it, the it, 
disease or ailment, mm-hmm. but somebody else's animals might, and then you might see them at another show. And again, you might not because you're practicing biosecurity, but other people's animals are. And such that right. by the time you get near the end of the show season, there may be a large population of animals that are infected with whatever this ailment is. And, you know, eventually you may, if you let your guard down, you may pick it up yourself. Hopefully it's something relatively minor and not, you know, not something else. Now, D. Nate, as, as we've mentioned earlier in this episode, uh, as somebody who has been in dairy goats for a long time, do you see a lot of, a lot more people uh, taking precautions and taking things more seriously than, say, 20, even 20 years ago? As I mean, it used to be uh, CAE and CL and all that stuff uh, was kind of like a, yeah, your herd's going to get it type deal uh, back oh, in the yeah. day. And you kind of it- just... Uh, aged them out because of those diseases, right? Uh, But now I feel like maybe today it's not so much uh, just a it is what it is type deal. Well, nowadays it's it's almost it's split. You know, there's still um, the breeders who, you know, their animals have the CAE or the CL and they just figure that if you show, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. And they they have, you know, they just yep. If you show, you're gonna get it. If you show, you you're gonna end up with a ringworm. If you show, can I can I interject it. real quick though, just real quick, and then you can finish that thought process. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with someone making the decision to have uh, positive animals. Oh, no. in their herd. I just want to make sure that like that's totally clear for our listeners. Um, some people choose to have a positive herd and um, deal with it accordingly, um, and then some people don't. Um, right. I happen to be on the spectrum where I choose to have a clean herd. That's just me. But again, some right. people do have positive animals on their farm, and and they have ways of uh, dealing with that and making sure that it's known. Right. Um, right. So I just wanted I wanted to put in, that in, out there. And there are many people who are upfront about it. Yes. Okay. And you ask them, and they'll be like, yep, I've got positive animal. I got a positive animal. I have positive animals. Or they'll say, we don't even, we don't test and we damn right. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean they're positive, but it does increase a chance. But anyway, getting back to the heart of your question, though, is 20 years ago, or, or even 30 years ago, um, the people who were worried about CAE were really a minority. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they were that crazy group of people who were parked way over there, away from everyone else, mm-hmm. and who would only bring their animals ringside at the last minute. And back then they were kind of, yeah, wow, those people are a little out there, but we understand why they're doing it. Nowadays, when they go to a show, um, generally people don't ask, but um, I do find that, you know, in, you know, talking to breeders and stuff, the number of, uh, there's still a number of breeders with quality animals who, um, they're good people and, and they're honest about it, but they have, they may have positive animals, but the number of people with herds are tested negative you know is way more than it was 20 or 30 years ago mm-hmm. okay um you know 20 30 years ago finding an animal that was tested negative was like a needle in a haystack yeah um so um, and then to imagine a country like australia where they claim to have eradicated like uh, caae um, just mm-hmm. mind blowing. I but I do think that nowadays a lot of breeders um, they have may maybe they have more time or money invested in in their individual animals, so they're a little more conscientious about um, ailments. And it may you know they may have positive CAE 
animals, but they're conscious of ringworm or sore mouth or res- upper respiratory issues. You know, can those right. can be fatal in, on that ringworm? Well, extreme case, you know, upper respiratory can be, you know, fatal. Uh, right. So, you know, you want to, you know, kind of keep your eye on the health of, yeah, your animals, but maybe the animals around you as well. Um, and, you know, there is there's a lot, a lot more knowledge, I'd say, nowadays. And maybe part of it's the internet. Maybe it's more that we're all, again, on the internet, talking to each other and sharing experiences and knowledge and background but yeah i mean there's that right so some preventative measures that can be taken here uh and there's uh quite a few ways to uh help um prevent you know ringworm and all that stuff uh getting into your herd uh at shows um one of which is uh showing off your trailer right uh you yeah, know, people are in the pens at the local grounds or wherever they're at. Um, you can show off your trailer. Um, I've done it before. Uh, I if I don't have a uh, secluded pen, uh, I tend to show off my trailer. Um, I did it at the Buck Show. I did it uh, last year, um, but that was also because there was like no holding pens. Uh, but showing off your trailer is a good way because you can just. Grab your animals from your area, put it, bring them in the ring, put them back. Um, easy peasy. Uh, another. Oh. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't say. Uh, with that, also with showing off your trailer, the other advantage is, you know, they know the trailer. You, you don't have to worry about finding pens, vying for pens, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, it keeps your animals hopefully in a more relaxed situation as well. The stress in itself can cause, make them more susceptible to many mm-hmm. other things as well. Agreed. Um, um, but picking secluded pens. You know, yeah, I do it all you the know, time. We all want that pen right by the show ring. Yep. You know, it's really easy to get there, except that's the pen everybody's going to go past. That's the pen people are going to be standing in front of waiting to get into the ring next. Um, so you might do better to pick the pen that's at the other end of the barn and when it and just keep an eye on the show ring, you know, figure out when you're showing next and when it's time, you know, bring your animals down to the show ring and show them. Um, you know, yeah, uh, which includes keeping the goats away from other goats. You know, don't let them to sniff the poop or the feces. Um, you know, don't let them, uh, you know, head to head. I know sometimes yeah. you go to a 4-H show and the kids think it's fun that the two goats have decided to bonk each other on the head. Um, not the best of ideas. Uh, yeah. I um, Other ideas? Well, one thing that uh, I do is, like I said, I, I try to choose a secluded pen. And for me, that also could be a pen that where there's no... Uh, sides attached to other pens um but progressive i had it pretty sweet where i had three pens that weren't touching another pen whatsoever um so you mentioned this we did that our first year showing um interesting story actually we were next to a pen a herd that we didn't quite know their uh biosecurity policy or how they kept their animals healthy. We didn't know how they managed their animals. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, the animals that we saw were kind of questionable in health quality. And so I kind of looked and went, ah, I know how to keep my animals from getting breathed on by those animals. I'll put an impenetrable wall between them. And so I went to good old uh, hardware store there, bought a sheet of plywood, and I 
put it on the inside of my pen so that I wasn't, you know, putting it on somebody else's pen. Put it on the inside right. of my pen so that there was a solid barrier between my goats and the next goats. Mm-hmm. And it worked. My goats didn't come in contact. Beautiful. And because it was a smooth wall, they didn't jump up on it. Well, they did, but they didn't care about the goats on the other side. Right. And it was all good until the state vet came around. And he said, I see what you did here. said, and I understand why you did this, but I need you to take it down. Hmm. I'm like, what? He said, you're restricting the airflow by putting that in there. Hmm. It's not good for your animals or their animals. Interesting. So he made me take it down. Compromise was we found another pen panel and we put it in my pen and basically moved my pen, made an aisle way between the two pens. Okay. Um, But, you know, so you're finding a way to keep your animals separate, you know, if you're worried about it, that may be... The alternative for sure i tend to carry um what i call disposable tarps just like cheap tarps that i can put up on the side you if, can buy uh, them at the dollar store necessary. Like, not dollar store but it, like harbor freight tra- or yeah you can go to track supply and get them for pretty cheap for nope. the the cheaper quality ones um just something to keep your goats from going nose to nose with another goat that maybe you don't I want to say don't trust, but you just, you don't know their status, right? So uh, sometimes uh, you feel that it's necessary to uh, block off your goats from the others. Um, and honestly, I'm trying to think of this year if I had any besides at fair that were really uh, nose to nose at any point. Um, well, there was a friend of ours mm-hmm. who, who's, who had kids in a pen next to some animals that were not the healthiest mm-hmm. and you yep. you volunteered the tarp i think the tarp idea or, or some kind of barrier is good when you can't do anything else right you know when you can't do anything else to distance your animals from that other set um you know, because face it, we, we don't want sick animals. We don't want sniffles. We don't want, you know, crusty skins, um, you know, to say the least. Well, um, and some I've, of this, though, I've, but. I was going to say, I've also been on the other side of that tarp uh, where it's funny. Our, my now friend, our friend, Tyler, uh, first time I met him was at Progressive and he was penned next to me. Um, this was a couple years ago, and uh, we didn't know each other personally then. And he put a tarp in between his animals and mine. And I'm like sitting there. I'm like, man, what you trying? What you trying to do, man? Like my animals are healthy. Like I didn't take it personally, but I was like, I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think that um, if you're on the other end of that, it's nothing personal. Um, it's not somebody judging you. Uh, it's just. Some people, if they don't know your status or if they don't know you personally and uh, don't have any kind of rep, you know, repertoire with you, uh, it, it's rapport. it's easier just to be safe. Rapport, thank you. I don't know why. Rapport, I said rapport. rapport, not rapport. <laughs> um, rapport with you. Uh, it's easier just to sometimes just tarp it off and or you know make a barrier and and call it good. Uh, don't take well, it personally okay. though. And that there is one of those things is handling animals where you know the person mm-hmm. you know and you know how they manage their animals you know how they you know what they how they do react to uh livestock disease or infections and how they keep their animals healthy you know you mm-hmm. want to you know if you're gonna uh help somebody show or you're gonna handle somebody's animals you know Try to do only with herds where you're familiar with 
how they how they approach biosecurity, how they approach um, showing animals healthy or sick. Right. Um, now that being said, uh, John, how, what would you do if you were at a show? We'll, we'll make it be like a club show. Mm-hmm. And you look over in the pen and you see a, a animal with ringworm. Uh, if I were at a show and I, I noticed an animal, uh, that was unhealthy, uh, had ringworm or whatever, um, I would go to the show chair and point it out. I mean, I, am sure people would be like, oh man, you're a snitch. Like, I can't believe you snitches get stitches. Uh, but it's, it's protecting everybody that's at that show. If your animal has ringworm, uh, or sore mouth or whatever and they and you bring them to that show and it's active ringworm i'm sorry i'm going to go to that show chair or that show committee or the club or whoever and say hey just so you know this person's got this this and this or whatever and they really shouldn't be here um if your animal is sick or has ringworm or whatever they should not be at a a show plain and simple uh you're putting everybody's animals at risk for the possibility of a leg. And honestly, if you have ringworm on your goat uh, that's active and you know spread all over them or whatever, uh, a judge probably isn't going to want to touch them and probably excuse them anyway. See, now I would take this similar but slightly different. I would mm-hmm. probably go to the show chair and say, have you seen this? Yeah. Okay. I, I wouldn't make the diagnosis myself. There is a chance somebody, there is a chance slight chance that somebody looked at that animal when it came off the truck or when it came in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brandon, you know, here in New York state, we have those wonderful state vets that, you know, scour over the animals and they try to do their best to catch, you know, whatever infections or ailments are out there, ringworms, sore mouth, CL, you know, they try to catch anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not there to diagnose it, by the way. They're really, what they're there to do, to do is to say, that looks like it might be. Or that looks like another exhibitor is going to look at that and ask me why I let an animal with, you know, ring, ringworm yeah, but... in the show. So at a show, at a fair, there's that. But at a club show, you don't have mm-hmm. that. But most club shows... Are, say that they have someone who will check. And I what I would do is I'd go to the chair and say, did you see that? And if somebody says, yeah, we saw it, um, we let it in. Okay, then it's kind of on, it's on the breeder and it's on them. Nate, when was the last like, time you were at a club show and they actually were checking animals? Let's be honest. Oh, goodness. I think it for me, it, it at least in the Northeast, I would say it was probably sometime, by the way, we're jinxing ourselves now. Um, but it was probably back in the 90s. Um, it doesn't happen. It, it, it rarely happens. My first um, show, my my first uh, doe show that wasn't a, um, a fair that, you know, your animals get checked in by a vet uh, was a local show. And... I went to go check them in and they're like, oh, you got to go check in your animals, blah, blah, blah. So I went up with my book and my animals. I had two milkers with me and I was like, okay, I'll grab the other two in a second. And uh, they're like, no, 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 no. We just need your book. Like looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess we're not checking animals here. Uh, And I'm going to move it into, well, I'll move to my next point in a second. But um, I think that if uh, it's kind of like, New York City. I'm right down by New York City, so I see uh, these commercials all the time. Uh, if you see a, a death package in uh, the subway, uh, if you see something, say something, right? And the same thing is going to go for if I see an animal that uh, doesn't look like it's the healthiest or looks like it has some issues that need to be addressed. Uh, I'm going to say something. It's just as simple as that. And oh, uh, if that, and I'm, if that upsets people, I'm sorry. 
I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I would find out if somebody knew about it first. No. Well, I mean, and I'm not going to go go up and yell at the the show chairs or whoever and be like, <laughs> "Hey, kick them out of here!" You know, I'm gonna it'll be a discussion <laughs> right. for sure. And, and it may be something where I'll be like, "Okay, well, if they're staying, I'm I'm going over there," you know. Um, but at the same time, how many shows have you been to where you've we've seen uh, some animals that are by no means the healthiest, and we've said nothing? Like animals that animals that aren't uh, maybe not like riddled with ringworm or anything like that, but animals that are definitely uh, not in the best uh, health to be uh, shown in a show ring. Um, and we've said nothing. I, I, I'm guilty of it. I, I think many people are. At the same time, I think, you know, some of those cases, you know, they may not have been approached at that show. I know that some people we've approached, we, uh, I have, or my wife has talked to after a show, you know, where they've been like, well, we didn't do that great. Well, the animals weren't looking that great. Um, oh, that's know, maybe a blunt. little brutal, but it's <laughs> at least being upfront about it. Um, yeah. You know, I think the thing is that the breeder has to know that there's something going on. And, the other thing is, you said, you know, if you're sick, your animal's sick, don't bring it. If your animal is healthy, but it's got something that looks like something else. So, like, you can have a zinc deficiency on an animal. Mm-hmm. Okay, this was a popular one. I, I mean, I mentioned how I was, you know, I, I've been show chair for a number of shows, and I've had them at Bennett County Fairs where I've dealt with state vets and going round and round with with somebody's uh, farm vet and the state vet because the doe has a zinc deficiency and so her skin is flaky and peeling. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a terrible case of ringworm. You know? But it's a zinc deficiency. But if there's a doe, if you have a doe that's got a zinc deficiency like that, Yep. No premium is worth. No premium, no championship leg, no making it that get a sire class is worth the reputation you're going to have for bringing an animal that looked like it was covered in ringworm or mite or mange. You know, if she's got a zinc deficiency, keep her home for a bit. And I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying that that's the end of all be all i'm just using that as an example because that's one i've experienced with uh exhibitors um yeah and that and that's part of the reason why i say you know it's a good thing to also find out what's really going on there is that a case where you know yep um you know somebody brought in this dough with you know we've been talking ringworm just as our example let's throw the zinc deficiency in there now you know, if somebody does bring the dough with a zinc deficiency, and we all look and go, oh, that's a terrible case of ringworm. But someone did look at that dough and say, I think it's a case of ringworm. And the breeder said, no, mm-hmm. here's the paper, my diagnosis from my vet. And they did blood work or skin work. And, yep, she's got a zinc deficiency, and we're working on it. Right. You know, personally, I would have left her home, but... um. That's, you that's know, their, their some, choice, some though, people, you know? Right. So I guess that's where it's like, get, get a little more information. Let the people in charge know if if you're concerned. At the very least, they, they may turn to you and say, yeah, we looked into it. Or they may say, oh, no. And they'll go look and be like, uh, can you take this animal back to the truck? Or, oh, and that one over there also has it. Yeah. Um. You know, it's, and that's all part of biosecurity of your own cell, your own herd and other people's herds. And I'm not saying go out and be a busybody, you know. Yeah. <laughs> go, go, don't go out and just walk every single pen and stare at every single oh, animal. Oh, I think that one's got some, is that a bit of grain in the corner of its mouth? <laughs> or is that storm mouth? <gasps> 
That one, they're looking a little funny in the eye. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that one just winked eye? at me. Yeah. Um, oh, that one well, burped. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we called we called out uh, if animals are actually checked by show chairs. Uh, but how many times have uh, we've been to? How many times have you been to like a uh, out of state show where health papers are quote unquote required uh, on the uh, show rules and entrance fee, you know, entrance uh, forms and all that good stuff? Um, and so you go and get health papers from your vet. And then you get to the show, and they don't even check your your health papers, whatsoever. Again, you're jinxing us. Well, I mean, come on, like <laughs> we're going to be the only out of staters whose papers you get know, checked now. You know that, you know, well, possibly. <laughs> but you know how many times I've had my vet come out and uh, do health papers, and honestly, I I would get them anyway if they checked them or not. Uh, just because you never know, traveling state lines, what can happen, and it's it's the law. USDA catches you transporting animals uh, over state lines, and they have different laws than, say, New York. Um, and you don't have that health cert, you're uh, you're in trouble, and that's fine. Well, well, first off, so luckily that at least uh, our vet has a interstate health paper where we can put you know different destinations and dates and you know mm-hmm. whatnot on it, um, so that we can do interstate travel and say, we're going to go, you know, here on this date and there on this date. Well, usually, and so we can do, you know, one stop shop, you could say on that. So, and that's how we deal with it. We just, you know, about May, we have her over and, and she checks them and, and we get our papers. And then if we decide we're doing other shows, we contact them, but we have a great relationship with our vet. As far as that goes, but oh, see, you're mine, right. It is frustrating though when we go and we, we because they're not cheap, right? You know, vet visit, and then the papers, and then if you've got, you know, more than ten animals, that's so many dollars per page. Yep. At least that's how ours does it. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, the vet does it per animal, price per animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. It depends on the and vet. it's not cheap, and then you can drive to the. Uh, out of state show and you're like okay here it is. just like you were in the your your first show there and you're like okay I got my interstate CVI here and they're like oh you can park over there yeah. um, or find a place to park and you're like oh you need the paperwork no just reg- registration papers mm-hmm. um you know it, it is but with that in mind though that maybe where as the breeder. As the exhibitor, you need to be conscious of what's going on around you because that's not happening. Okay. You, you need to be conscious of, ooh, those animals look like they might have X, Y, or Z. Um, we need to make sure that, you know, you know, we're, we're conscious of that. Um, it may even come down to where, you say, well, um, when we get back home, there's that pen on the other side of the barn away from everybody. They're going in there mm-hmm. um, and quarantine that group for a couple weeks after the show. Oh, well, you're um, moving into our next bullet point, buddy. I uh, did. So, so yeah, I segued? <laughs> so smooth. Uh, so do you, uh, do you guys quarantine when you bring animals back from a show? Um, honestly, most of the time, everybody's going. Yeah, same here. We're still a sizable herd, but we're still small enough that everybody's going. Um, when it's, uh, when like a county fair where maybe what I think this year was, it was going to be like five animals. Um, you know, we would. It would depend if um, we walked through the barn, we checked out the animals ourselves. Um, probably not. We probably should. But if yeah. we, we felt that we we caught it, you know, probably not. But some, some years, sometimes we walk through the barn and it's like, 
did you see that that animal over there? Yeah, well, then they get quarantined. Right. I don't quarantine uh, just because uh, we bring what we bred, right? Uh, right well, if it's got a pulse in the barn and it's, you know, a doe show and it's the does, uh, every doe's going. Uh, bucks are way far away from the does to begin with, so I don't worry about um, quarantining anybody away from them. Uh, the one thing I will yeah. say is that if we start doing shows where oh, we're going to leave these finished does at home for some reason or whatever, um, we will have to think about quarantining uh, and how we would do that. Um, I will say I extremely highly dislike fairs and seven day shows uh, compared to the truck in truck out one day shows or two day shows, whatever it is. Uh, just oh, you mean where the, where you've got to stay for yeah, we got to stay for a, a week set amount of time, mm-hmm. and you can't just drive in, show, and go. Yeah, yeah I, re- I agree. I like the one day shows better. Well, this um, is why I I like one day shows better is because uh, there's less of a chance for exposure when you get oh, that's exactly into, yeah when you get into a seven day show. Uh, when we go to Dutchess County Fair, the day I come home, my animals are getting B12 uh, and electrolytes and all that good stuff. Because I know, I know they're going to get what we call ferric, which is yeah. the runny noses, sometimes a cough. This year it's just runny noses and snot. Yeah, for respiratory issues. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I hate them. Next year we're going to try the... Uh, are you going to try the pneumonia vaccine? Yeah. Yep. We're gonna try yeah. it. Yep. Read uh, up on that, though. I will. I'm. I'm gonna be. Um, it's something that I'm not gonna take lightly. I'm gonna be working side by side with my vet uh, to make sure we're making the right choices for the herd, especially with uh, nationals being in uh, Harrisburg next year, where there's been some ventilation issues in the past. Yep. Uh, I want to give my herd the best chance to uh, not die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. That that would be a good thing, and, and that's yeah. kind of the thing. And you know, with you know, you talk about biosecurity. I mean, it's not just the stuff that other herds bring in. Mm-hmm. It's the environment, like keeping an eye on your animals themselves. Um, yeah. You know, we went to Columbus, and we we wanted the security of the horse pens, the horse stalls in. Uh, the, the one barn there you had to, the option that there's the sheep barn which had um open panel open sided panels or there was the horse barn which had you know horse stalls and it allowed you you could have like we had a milking parlor sort of thing and then where we slept and basically the house sort of thing mm-hmm. and then each pen was in these stalls well Quite frankly, the airflow there sucked. Well, yeah, they're horse stalls. Exactly. And by the end <laughs> of the week, by the end of the week, half of our junior kids were runny nose. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one or two where we were just hoping to get them home alive. We did. We got. They came home alive. They and they were fine. But um, you know. So it it's you know the stuff around you, the conditions your animals are in, the um, you know, because you know you go to a week long fair or show. Um, the unseen stuff is as much of a problem as the seen stuff, right? You know, um, you know, so you know we talk about you know pneumonia vaccines and and stuff but that's kind of part of the biosecurity as well um vaccinating them against you know cdt and and you know making sure your animals are healthy enough to go to that show um because it's stressful yeah i would why they they come down sick so easily Um, i would suggest that anybody uh 
that is listening, um, you know, partner with your, your vet and uh, try to, you know, think of any solutions or questions that you may have, uh, and work with them to accomplish whatever your goals are, you know, for my, me and my vet, it'll be, uh, working on which pneumonia vaccine will work best for, uh, our small ruminants. Uh, I will say, since we are talking about some, uh, vet type stuff here that Nate and I are both not DVMs. We're not vets. Uh, not even vet techs. Nope. So, so, uh, make sure that, uh, you know, take what we say with a grain of salt because we're not vets. Um, and we're not, we're not going to be, uh, endorsing for you, anybody listening to do something. We're just saying what we do. Yeah. It, it's, you know, stuff to think about, stuff to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and many people may not agree with, with us. I mean, you know, what is it? The, the opinions stated are the, are not necessarily the opinions of management. Except <laughs> we're kind of the ones in charge of the podcast, aren't we? Yes, we are. So <laughs> it is the opinion of management. Anyway, they, yeah. they, they, they may not be uh, fully factual. Your best that is to discuss it with your vet. Maybe, you know, even find yourself an old mentor, and we keep talking about mentor people. Or young, young mentor. Or too. young mentor, but find <laughs> someone you, you could ask and discuss. Um, yeah. You know, quite frankly, uh, John, you mentioned about the pneumonia vaccine. I know that uh, on Don George's work, done some uh, research on that. And also uh, Megan Okison and Deb Mangelsdorf have done stuff with the pneumonia vaccine and mm-hmm. they're both quite now quite knowledgeable so is don uh, so you know again you, you can find yourself some breeders who maybe have used vaccines that helps yeah or just asking people like how do you keep your animals from getting this that or another thing when you show all the time and they'll tell you you know, um, yeah. So, you know, this this has just been you know our thoughts on biosecurity. You know, yeah. Uh, we're just trying to spread some knowledge and what's worked for us in the past, and uh, hopefully, uh, those measurements are just that measure. Why do I keep saying measurements? Measures. I don't know. What are you are measuring? Just that. <laughs> what are you measuring? I don't know. I don't know the uh, the distance from wherever the goats are being shown to home usually, so I can try to get in my bed as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> this past year, it seems to be about three or four in the morning. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, but yeah, yeah it, it, these th- are things. Keep it in. Keep in mind. Keep if you're showing goats. Keep it fun. Mm-hmm. Don't be so scared and paranoid that you can't keep, can't let it be fun. Um, just be on, on the watch out and, and find yourself a protocol of how you deal with um, the ick at shows. Well, the best offense is a good defense, right? Or is that yeah. is that is that flipped over from uh, the best defense? That's football good offense. Yeah, something. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, just uh, uh, take take the time to uh, think about your herd's health at the shows that you go to. Um, yes, it's fun to see everybody, but take the extra 10 minutes and um, try to be uh, as weary as you can be. Um, not saying that everybody walking around at each show has dirty uh, goats or anything like that, but uh, it's definitely better to be safe than sorry, and I'll leave that at that. Well, well, and be on the other end. On the other end, don't take animals mm-hmm. who are questionable. <clears throat> yeah, you know, th- when you're getting ready to load up the the vehicle or the truck or the trailer and look at it and be like, "Is somebody going to look at that and think it that I know it's uh, uh, a briar? They were in the briar patch." yesterday and they were eating briars and so they scratched scratched up their mouths and so it looks like sore mouth but it's just 
from the weeds. Mm-hmm. Well, rather than have people question it, leave that dough home this week. Let it heal. Right. Um, there'll be another show. For sure. Um, it's more more fun to have healthy animals at a show and for them to stay healthy and enjoy the company of our fellow goat folk um, than to be worried about, you know, the general ick. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that's a good spot to leave it right there. Uh, you concur? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, next week, now we Nate, we got a family next week. <laughs> it's gonna, folks. It's either going to be the normal one-hour episode next week, or it could be two or three hours, and that's because we are going to have Joan Stump of Stump Hollow Dairy Goats, uh, one of the pioneers for the Guernsey breed, uh, on our show. Uh, Joan just so you know, happens we get to be related to me. Not having other breeds on our show. <laughs> so here we go. We're we getting Guernseys, okay? We have some exciting uh, people lined up to interview on the show uh, in the next coming weeks and months. Uh, so don't you worry. We'll be fulfilling those needs for all of you. And we'll be starting with Joan Stump of Stump Hollow. I can't wait. Yeah. So next week we'll be learning all about Guernseys. Uh, but for this week, I hope you enjoyed our episode of Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John. That's Nate. Y'all have a wonderful week. Yep. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.